Thank you for joining us on our Living Word Christian Center podcast. You're about to listen to one of our guest speakers. Open up your hearts and get ready to receive a word from the Lord. Come on, let's give Jesus a clap offering right now. Come on, hallelujah. I don't know what you came to do, but I came to give my praise on. Hallelujah. Come on. Hallelujah. Come on. He's alive. He's the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Come on. Hallelujah. Come on. A little bit more. A little bit more. Sometimes you got to press in. Sometimes you go, got a little, go a little further. Sometimes you just got to get out of your comfort and just say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Come on. Come on, there is an anointing here. There's a power here. And we need to take advantage of it. Amen. Hallelujah. Woo. Well, like Pastor Ruben said, it's good to be here with you all. I was just coming down from the wedding. And then he said, hey, I heard you're going to be in town. Why don't you stay and preach for us on Sunday? So, you know, you don't know how to say no to your spiritual father. Amen. But like he said, you know, I'm just going to give a quick testimony because I, I, I believe in the faithfulness of God. And, you know, um, everybody remembers March 2020. Amen. We got locked down, locked up, shut in, shut down, lock, stock and barrel. The whole world came to a screeching halt. And then what happened? We were like everybody else, just bunkered down in the safety and the comfort of our home waiting to see what was going to happen, what was going to happen, you know. So that was in March of 2020. May 2020, Pastor Ruben calls up. And after some, you know, catching up conversation, he just, all of a sudden, you know, calm, cool, collective, like he always is, said, Brother Adam, it's time for you and your wife to get back to pastoring. And I said, yes, sir. Because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a, like he said, a spiritual son, you know. And, and I hung up the phone. I told Angela, I said, well, we got our marching orders. She goes, what do you mean? I said, Pastor Ruben wants us to get back to pastoring. She goes, he does? He goes, yeah. I go, well, we're shut down. I said, well, we're going to do something. So we started streaming, you know, from our living room. Come on. And, 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 and uh, we started doing Instagram and Facebook from our living room. And so what ended up happening uh, one day, the Holy Spirit said, I'm going to take you to a church. And I just said, Angela, I'll be back. The Holy Spirit is telling me to go to this church. So I go to the church and I knocked on the church. The church is shut down, dark. Nobody's there. And I got discouraged. I said, man. So as I'm walking back to the car, the Holy Spirit said, no, go back to the house. There's a parsonage in the back. And to make a long story longer, you know how preachers are. You know, I got in contact with the uh, resident pastor. And so that he made a way, God used him in a powerful way. He was very instrumental to line us up, line us up with a meeting and an interview. And we went in front of the board. They approved us. They welcomed us with open arms, prayed over us. And as, as of May 24th, a couple weekend, uh, weeks ago, we just inherited that whole facility amen come on give the lord a clap offering the whole thing amen it's it's a church building it's a parsonage a tremendous big parking lot a, a big 
you know, big lot behind the, the church and so on and so forth. So how many know God is good? Amen. God is good. So if you're still, if you're still wondering, Pastor, who from where, that's all right, because I'm still a nobody trying to tell everybody about somebody that can say anybody. Amen. So hallelujah. So just hold on, and I want you to go with me to the book of 2 Timothy, chapter number 2. And then if, just hold your place there. And if you can, whatever you have, a Bible or a Bible app, also be looking for 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 1 through 13. But 2 Timothy is where I want to start from this morning. Amen. So bear with me. Amen. I'm very, very nervous. The first time Pastor Reuben asked me to preach, I was still in the home. Amen. And I had like five minute notice. We, we used to have our praise and worship service, right? And then we had a meet and greet time where the worship leaders say, you know, go meet, you know, like we did right here. And back in the day, the men's home couldn't even look around, let around, you know, fellowship, interact. And I was posted behind the men's home, you know, just like a guard dog. Just, you know, ooh, they better not look. They better not turn, you know. And all of a sudden, I felt a tap on my shoulder. And that cool, calm, and collective voice, Brother Adam, you're preaching today. And I'm like, what? I'm preaching right now. He goes, yeah. So I had like five minutes to get my message ready and all that good stuff. So I noticed that I'm as nervous now as I was back then. So I pray that that's a good thing. Amen. 2 Timothy chapter number 2, beginning with verse 11. It is a faithful saying, for if we be dead with him, we shall also live with him. If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. If we believe not, yet he abided faithful, he cannot deny himself. Verse 13 again. If we believe not, yet he abided faithful, he cannot, he cannot, he cannot deny himself. Father, this morning I am so careful to acknowledge your presence, and thereby I give you the glory and the honor, Father, for what you have done, what you're doing, and what you're about to do. Lord, I pray that you will speak to us, starting with me, Lord. Father, we need answers this morning. We need direction this morning. We need your strength, Father. We, we need, God, more of you. Help us, Lord. We, we, we just need, God, to know your will for our lives. I, Lord, just decrease so that you can increase as I pray for clarity of words and clarity of mind, Father. I run to you for help right now. Ayúdame, Señor. So this morning, God, I pray... Just use my vessel, Lord. I, I, all I want to do is be a voice, Father. You get all the glory, and you get all the honor. In Jesus Christ's name, and we all said, Amen. Amen. I asked them to give me a lapel mic, because if he would have gave me a hand mic, I would have started preaching, and then there's no telling what I was going to say. But I want to give you something of substance. I want to give you something that you will remember. I want to give you something that when you go to work tomorrow or you go back home tomorrow, whatever you do is going to be meaningful. Amen. I can come and jump and yell another day. Amen. But I, I want to just uh, uh, entitle this message, Are You Not? Did You Not? Will you not? Are you not? Did you not? Will you not? So go now to Second Chronicles 
chapter number 20. I'm going to set up a platform so that it can make sense to you as we look at the story of Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat was a man of God, a king that was tremendous in revival and such. And the Bible introduces us to him, amen, in the book of 2 Chronicles, chapter 17, verse 3, that the Lord was with him because he walked in the ways of his father David and did not seek after Balim. So remember that, amen. He started off on fire just like we do. He started off, you know, wanting the will of God, the things of God. And how many know that that's good for a while? And then, like some say, you know, it kind of fizzles away. And then we get settled down. And then we get used to what's going on, you know, in the church. We, we know the program, so to speak. We know what's going to happen next. We, we even know how long the song service is, the offering. And, and, but what that happens, I notice that over time, time the level of our expectancy starts to diminish amen but i always say that if you want to get something that you never had then you're going to have to do something that you never done so then what we have to when we come to church we have to be expecting the bible says in the book of matthew chapter 5 verse 6 blessed are the hunger and the thirsty because they shall be filled. So thereby, that's the key. We got to come into church ready to receive, expecting. We got to come open and objective, ready to listen. Whoever stands from behind, you know, behind this pulpit, they have a message from God. They have a, a, a something that can be tangible in your life. It doesn't just have to be, you know, something as far as like information or, you know, facts and figures and things that I'm not going to be able to use, amen, when things are happening in my life. How many know what I'm talking about? See, when I'm having troubles, when I'm having, you know, hard times, when, you know, it gets tough, I, I, I'm not too interested in the Greek or the Hebrew. I want to know what does say it the Lord. I want to know the promise of God. And that's why we want to look at Jehoshaphat because Jehoshaphat was a tremendous man of God. Somebody say but. But he got involved with Ahab. Okay. He, he married into Ahab family. And so what happened after that, when, when uh, he visited Ahab, Ahab said, hey, how you doing? And listen, I'm going to go to war. Would you go with me? He said, yeah, of course, your people are my people. Let's go. Let's get down. Let's do what we got to do. And so what ended up happening, Ahab gets killed. And the Bible tells us Jehoshaphat went back home and he prospered. He became a rich man and he did a lot of things. He brought revival. But there was still that issue that he got involved with Ahab. So a man of God came and warned him. And that's where we're going to pick up the story. Second Chronicles chapter number 20. It came to pass after this also that the children of Moab and the children of Ammon and with them others besides the Ammonites came against Jehoshaphat to battle. Then came some that told Jehoshaphat, saying, There cometh a great multitude against thee from beyond the sea of this side Syria. And behold, they be in Hassan Tamar, which is Engadai, and Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaim the fast throughout all of Judah. And Judah gathered themselves together to ask help of the Lord. Even out of all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. Verse 5. 
And Jehoshaphat stood in the congregation of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the court and said, O Lord, God of our fathers, are not thou God in heaven? That's the first question. Are you not? Are thou not God in heaven? And rulest not thou over all the kingdoms of the heathen? And in thy hand is there no not power and might so that none is able to withstand against you? Are thou not our God who did drive out the inhabitants? That's the second question. Did you not? Did you drive out the inhabitants of this land before thy people Israel and gave us to the seed of Abraham thy friend forever? And they dwelt therein, have built thee a sanctuary therein for thy name, saying, If when evil cometh upon us as the sword, judgment, or pestilence, or famine, we stand before this house and in thy presence, for thy name is in this house, and cry unto thee in our afflictions, then thou wilt hear and help. And now behold, the children of Ammon and Moab and Mount Zaire, whom thou wouldest not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt, but they turned from them and destroyed them not. Behold, I say, how they reward us to come to cast us out of thy possession, which thou hast given us to inherit. O our God, will thou not? That's the third question. Will you not? Will thou not judge them? For we have no might against this great company that cometh against us. Neither know we what to do. Ooh, but listen to this. But our eyes upon, are upon thee. And all of Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives, and their children. Are you not? Did you not? Will you not? And how many know that we are in a battle? Come on, somebody. Speak to me, somebody. Don't get quiet on me now. Amen. We, we can even agree that the battle has intensified as of late. You know, you don't have to be a scholar, a theologian, you know, to understand, like we say in Watts, things are getting ugly. Come on, somebody. Amen. And, and, and even though there are people that are cowering down, that are holding back, there are people that are confused about what's going to happen next. There are people, you know, that they don't know what to do. They're desperate for an answer. This is the opportunity, hallelujah, for the church of the Lord Jesus Christ to rise up in power, to rise up in might, to rise up and say, yes, Lord, let's go. Listen, in 2004, for when we changed the name over to Living Word, it wasn't a name that we picked out of a hat. It wasn't a coincidence, choice, or even chance. It was, in fact, intended for God to use this church as the last day's remnant that is going to lift up the bloodstained banner of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're not going to be ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation to whomsoever, amen, believes. And that's why I am so blessed to be a part of a, of, of a ministry that has vision. Listen, I know that sometimes things don't seem, make sense. They don't seem like they're going to work out. But we have to remember that the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob is now our God. And the promises that he gave them to give them the land is our promise. And there is a lot of land to take. There is a lot of 
people to reach. There's a lot more things to do for the honor and glory of God. And he wants to use you and he wants to use me. Now, I know that sometimes we come to church and we think for ourselves or to ourselves, what can I do? I remember being in the men's home. Sitting there, listening to my pastor, oppressed, depressed, and yes, even demon-possessed. Come on, somebody. But I remember hearing him telling us that if you be faithful and let God do the work that he wants to do in your life, you know what? He can turn your situation around, and he will clean you up, and he will use your life. And listen, I am a genuine evidence that God is looking for men and women that are able... God is not looking for anyone special or particular. God doesn't work like that. That's why I love the scriptures. Amen. There's two things that happened when I was in the men's home. I fell in love with God and I fell in love with the word. That's why I love to read the text so we can get the context. And when I read that scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26, when Paul said, consider your calling. Consider your calling, think about it, contemplate it, dwell on it, regard it. He said, not many wise after the flesh, not many strong after the flesh, not many noble. And then he says, what? But God. Come on, but God. But God has called the foolish things of the world, the weak things of the world, the obese things of the world to confound, amen, the world. Why? Because God gets all the glory and God gets all the honor. Listen, a transformed life is the most attractive thing, amen, that will bring credibility to the gospel when people find out about us, where we come from, where we've been, where we experience, and you really that you know what I didn't do anything amen to merit that I didn't earn that it's, it, it just blows my mind how God can take us amen from the miry clay out of the vomit out of the pit and set our feet upon a solid ground and give us favor to take land for his honor and for his glory and that's why you have to get excited listen I know that I'm talking to somebody here this morning that you think you're disqualified that you messed up too much. Well, listen, I know what that's like to take your eyes off of God and drop the ball. But I also know what it's like, amen, to lift your eyes up to heaven like Nebuchadnezzar and say, okay, God, you are God. And see God restore your life, restore your marriage, restore your family, and yes, restore your ministry. Oh, hallelujah. Are you not God? Are you not God? When I was listening or, or talking about this, I have a grandson, he's 10 years old now, but he went through that why. How many of you ever here have a kid or a grandson, they go through that why? Why, Papa? Why? 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 And it, it didn't matter what answer I gave him. It could have been accurate, right on, thorough, true, correct, everything. He always had a follow-up question. So not only did I have to answer the why question, come on, but he always, beloved, 90% of the time when he asked me a why question, he always asked me a follow-up question. And that follow-up question was, how do you know? Amen. And I, and, and I believe when I was looking at this, these, these questions, because it's all right to ask God questions. As long as you, you know, you're ready for the answer. 
And I, and, I, and I believe that as ministers of the gospel, we come and we try to, you know, generate, you know, faith in you and, and get you to believe that God wants to use your life. But you can almost see it in some people's faces like, well, how do you know? Amen. And the thing is that we do know because of what we went through. Again, I, I started in the home. My first ministry was the parking lot. Amen. And then they asked me to usher. I said, oh, 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 I'll usher. At least now I'm in the building. Come on, somebody. <laughs> and so Jehoshaphat said, are you not? Are you not? Are you not that God that saved us? And so I answered that question with a, uh, this question. Who is God to you? Who is God to you? Amen. Because how many know that the Bible tells us in the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, 6, that those who come to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. That he is what? That he is who he said he is. Come on. What do you need? What, what do you need? Hey, 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 uh, Moses asked him, Lord, when I go back and I tell him you sent me, who shall I say sent me? What is your name? What am I going to tell him? God just simply said, tell him the I am sent me. So this morning, beloved, whatever you need, God is. Whatever you need in your life, that he is. That's, if you need peace, he's your peace. If you need joy, he's your joy. You need clarity, he is clarity. You need encouragement, he'll encourage you. You need direction, he'll give you direction. You need hope, he is your hope. You need help, he is your help. He is God Almighty. So then I have to ask that question and answer that question. Who is God to me? Come on, we serve a mighty God. We serve a mighty God, I said. Amen. We don't serve no, no Mickey. Amen. He's not some, you know, image carved out of wood. Come on. He's not something shaped out of, out of a rock, chisel out of a rock. He's not even molded out of any type of, you know, ore or material or gold or silver. He is the living God, the God who spoke. Amen. The Bible says in the book of Genesis, Chapter 1, verse 1, that in the beginning the earth was void and empty without form. And then that little phrase, and God said, come on now, amen. Nine different times that phrase is recorded in the book of Genesis, chapter 1. And God said, let there be. And God said, let there be. That's the God that we serve, beloved. Because at the end of the chapter, in verse 31, it says that God looked at what he created and it was good. So when God spoke and it was, what was was good. And you and I are part of that creation. So no matter how you feel this morning, no matter what you're going through this morning whatever the difficulty whatever the circumstance beloved you have been created in the image of God and the likeness of Christ and all he is waiting for is for you and I to believe that he is who he said he is amen do you believe that this morning because we serve a God that is able to do exceedingly and abundantly more than we can ask or think I know what I'm talking about. When, when Pastor Reuben said, get back to pastoring, I said, okay. But we didn't know what was going to happen. We couldn't kick down the door. We couldn't bribe people. We could, and then I just finally said, okay, God, you do what you got to do. And that's when he said, okay, come on. Me agarró de la mano. Come on, let's go. 
And then we didn't even know what, what the name of the church was, the building. And when we got the keys and we were so happy, we went. And for the first time, as we pulled into the parking lot, right across the apex of the church, it said Living Word Ministries. Come on, somebody. We didn't do that. We didn't do that. God, who, he is faithful, beloved. And remember, when I was putting this together, this song came on, and I didn't even know the name of the song. But the, the song said, he's a way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. He's a way maker. That God is a way maker. The Bible tells us in the book of Isaiah chapter 4, uh, 40 verse 4 that every valley will be exalted. Every mountain will be removed. The rough places will become smooth. The crooked places will become straight. You know why? Because when God shows up, he shows off. He, he's not going to do just something halfway. He's not going to do something halfway. He's a way maker. He'll make a way where there seems to be no way. I didn't know how we were going to pay rent. I didn't know how we were going to cover bills. And, and God uses people from Southern California who stream and watch on Facebook and Instagram. And they send their tithes from here over there. Tell me that's not a miracle. Come on. Hallelujah. He's a miracle worker. He, he's a miracle worker. What has God done in your life? Well, I know what he's done in my life. I know what he's done in my life. Before I went into the home, I ended up under a bridge on the corner of Azusa Avenue and Arrow Highway. Amen. But I know that the Bible says in the book of Matthew 19, 26, that what is impossible with man. Woo, you didn't hear me. What the courthouse couldn't do. What the lawyers couldn't do. What mom and dad couldn't do. What money couldn't do. What relationships couldn't do. What education couldn't do. What medicine couldn't do. What drugs and alcohol couldn't do. Amen. What's impossible with man is possible with God. And that's why we are here. You know why I believe? Believe in miracles because you are here. You are a living miracle, a testimony of the power of God that is able to take a nobody and turn them into somebody, beloved. Or am I the only one? Come on, somebody. He's a promise keeper. He's a promise keeper. Come on, the Bible says in the book of 2 Corinthians 1:20. That the word of God is yea and amen unto us forever. Amen. He's not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. I'll lie. I'll break your promise. But he won't. God won't. God gave you a promise. And sometimes, beloved, that's what's going to help you get up in the morning. The promise. Amen. You know why the psalmist said, Thy word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against thee? Because he was talking about faith. He was talking about believing. He said, I don't want to lose my faith. Because when we lose faith, we sin against God. Because we're telling God, God, you can't really do what you say. But how many know that's not true? Because because God is able. And when you hold the word, sometimes that's all you have. Oh, sometimes, yes, God uses a, a, a man to speak into your life. And I thank God I listened to my pastor. When he sent me up to uh, Stockton, I, I wanted to go to New York. 
Remember? Amen. I said, I'm going to have to get used to eating arroz con pollo, and I don't even like rice. Amen. And then all of a sudden, they send somebody else to New York, and I'm like, huh? What happened? Then he says, I'm sending you to the Stockton. I go, Stockton? Where's Stockton? I don't know where Stockton's at. Next thing you know, I'm on my way over there, amen, met my wife, you know, got married, and one day she got up from her devotion, she said, you're not going back to L.A., uh, you, God's going to give you a ministry here, of course, you know, I got all, okay, man, you know, what are you talking about, I, I'm the man, we're going to, hey, 24 years later, because there are many plans in a man's heart, but the purposes of God shall come to pass. And sometimes that's all you have is that word, that promise from God. Because God said he's going to do it, I'm going to believe it, and if I believe it, I might as well live it. I might as well live it. I might as well hold on. Because when you wake up in the morning, sometimes not everything is right. You know, you go to church one Sunday, it's full. And then the other Sunday is a handful of people. And sometimes that's all you have is the promise of God for you. Amen. Amen. So if you receive the promise, beloved, hold on to that promise. Hold on to that promise. And he also, he's a light in the darkness. Amen. We don't have to stumble as it were anymore, you know, taking pot shots and trying to get things right, you know, in the dark. Now we are children of light. That's why Paul told the Ephesians, walk as children of light. You're not in the darkness anymore. Now we are men and women of direction, of destiny. Oh, I love that. Come on. Hey, hey you didn't hear me. We're, we're, we have a future ahead. God is still looking. The Bible says in the Old Testament that the eyes of God are roaming to and fro throughout the whole earth, looking, looking for someone that he can show himself faithful through whose love and heart are perfect toward him. See, it's not a matter of loving God. I know you love God. If I was to ask you individually and corporately, you love God? I know you'll tell me, yes, I love God. But it's a matter of now stepping into the love. Love is a word of action. Come on now. You ladies know what I'm talking about, right? Amen. Love is a word of action. So when you make a promise, you got to keep the promise. So remember, my God, that is who you are. Did you not? Did you not? Remember the children of Israel were in dire straits in Egypt. And what happened? He took him out of Egypt with a strong and mighty hand. And we know and you know that we were in dire straits. Amen. And, and I'm glad that I, I, I don't forget where I come from. I'm, I'm glad, amen, that, I, that I, I can still remember, recall, amen, how they, they used to witness to me. And I, I, didn't want to, I didn't want to do nothing with God. I grew up in that other church. Amen. And all I heard was, God's going to get you. God's going to get you. And I'm like, man, well, I'm going to run until God gets me. And thank God, amen, I, I ran right into his loving arms. Amen. See, <clears throat> God cannot fight our battle until he wins the battle in our heart. Okay. When, when he wins that battle. In our heart, then you know he's going to take over. And then it's pretty much smooth sailing after that. Like Pastor says, you know, a green light all the way. 
Because I, we know, we know what it's like to experience the, the, the faithfulness of God. But sometimes we, it, it just kind of like diminishes over time for some reason. We're just weird. We're just, that's why the Bible says we're peculiar people. Amen. But I, and the, the last question is because I think that's what, where my time is at. Will you not? Will you not? Do we think that God can't do it? God can do it. God can do it. Whatever you are facing this morning, whether it's emotional, relational, financial, physical, mental, and most of all spiritual, whatever you're facing, amen, God is able to do it. God is able to do it. All we have to do is position ourselves and let the blessing, or I like to say it's called blessable, amen, be becoming blessable. See, don't, don't sit there and disqualify yourself thinking that, well, man, I'll never get it together. Amen. Because me, I, I, if you go to Lodi, we'll make you an honorable member of the Never Getting It Together Club. <laughs> Amen. Because we're, we're not going to get it together. We, we've done so much. We've been through so much. We experienced so much that all of those things, there's still residue from that. But we have to let those things, amen, propel us towards God instead of repelling us from Him. So now when you go through trials, remember what I'm telling you. Let those things push you towards God. In closing, I want to read this real quick. It says, let your own hope rise. Even in the face of any actual wastefulness or foolishness related to your past. Be assured, in spite of what has happened to you, God, listen, God is able to recover, reclaim, restore, renew, and rebuild what has been broken. He will bring full restoration to your life, your personality, your character, your mind. To whatever part of you which has been crushed, bruised, broken, stained, tarnished, or ruined, even if a good part of it is due to your own miscalculations. Amen. And when I when I wrote that, I, I I know it was God giving me that. And when when Jehoshaphat answered the questions and they cried out to God, the messenger of God came. And he said this in 2 Chronicles 20:14, as you all stand to your feet this morning. Amen. Then upon Gehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jael, the son of Mathaniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph, came the Spirit of the Lord in the midst of the congregation. And he said, Hearken ye, all Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem, and thou, King Jehoshaphat, thus saith the Lord. Who? The Lord. Thus saith the Lord unto you, Be not afraid nor dismay by reason of this great multitudes. And I love the honesty and the clarity of God's word because it doesn't hold anything back. He says, By reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours but God's. But listen. The battle is the Lord's. Amen. But listen, this is what we have to do. Tomorrow, go ye down against them. Behold, they come up by the cliff of Ziz, and you shall find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeru. Ye shall not need to fight in this battle, 
set yourselves, stand ye still, and see the salvation of the Lord with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. Who? The Lord. And so when you understand the principle of God's faithfulness, you will never, ever, ever lose heart. Yeah, you might go through hard times, adjusting times, but you have to remember it's a, it's a two-way environment. We do the possible, and then God does the impossible. Amen? Again, whatever area of your life, whatever area of your life, the promises of God are applicable to all areas of our life. Amen? Because like I said, if I can't use it tomorrow morning, I really don't need to hear it Sunday morning because life happens. I wish we could stay in church all day, all day, 24-7. Amen. I remember when my wife told me that, she goes, man, you can't be at church one way and be home another way. And I'm like, oh, she had a lot to say. But uh, that, that she was just telling me we have to be the same everywhere, everywhere. And when you understand the promise that God has for you, you know, there are some of you guys that the, the calling is burning within you. The calling, because I know the mentorship of this ministry. I always testify that I was not there at the birth of the church, but I was there at its infancy. Pastor Ruben will attest to that. I was there at its infancy. And I remember, you know, the, the growing pains. I mean, this ministry literally, literally, and I got stories, amen. <laughs> was founded and established on blood, sweat, and tears. Amen? And we are now, you know, just enjoying the fruit of, of someone's labor. That's, what, that's biblical, John chapter 4. Jesus told the, the disciples, I'm going to send you into a land where you did not work. You're going to reap where you have not sown. You're going to enter into another man's. But... Here is the, the kicker, that now we have been given this moment. We have been given this moment. And there are those that are still out there. There are still more Jesse's out there. There are still more Coopers out there. And God forbid, there's still more Adams out there. But there's still other individuals that are looking for what we have. Amen. We have the answer now. Oh, pastor, you're a pastor, you're a minister. No, beloved, you, don't, you, you have the love of God in you. You have the power of the Holy Spirit in you. You have the power of the Word in you. All you have to do now is be that voice in the wilderness. Wherever you go, wherever you go, today when you go to lunch, tomorrow when you go to work, or you stay at home, or whatever it is that you do, that's your starting point. So remember, like Jehoshaphat, ask God, are you not? Did you not? And will you not? Because yes, God did deliver us. And God did do it. And God will do it. Amen. Amen. God Amen. will do it. Amen. So this morning, beloved, I want you to just concentrate on the Lord this morning. I want you to just start thinking about areas in your life that, you know what? They keep you. From advancing. Amen. They keep you from really stepping into your calling. Everyone is called. Everyone is called. 
I love that it says in the book of Acts chapter 10 verse 34 and Peter opened up his mouth and said I, I perceive that God is no respecter of person so age doesn't matter gender doesn't matter education doesn't matter all those things they may be good to a certain extent in the natural but when it comes to the things of the spirit realm each and every one of us qualify because why we are the righteousness of God in Christ amen so this morning if you're here and God spoke to you not Adam if God spoke to you if the Lord ministered to you somehow some way and, and, and you say you know what brother Adam that that's me that's me I've been hiding I've been running I've been you know trying to just come and lay low but you know God wants to show you off God wants to show you off beloved amen God wants to put you where everyone can see you you are a trophy you you are a trophy to God you are a, a living walking epistles to be read by all men what attracted me was a transformed life of an individual who I grew up with and I seen what he did outside of God I was afraid of him but when he gave his life to the Lord and God used him in a mighty way I said man there's got to be a God and God wants to use you ladies God wants to use you my wife's getting preaching right now I've been delivered from that caveman mentality and God wants to use women and men and boys and girls and there's a revival in our youth. You know, when I, 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 I watch this worship team on, on, on YouTube Thursdays and Sunday, I, I, I say, ooh, Lord, I am so glad they're young. Use them, Lord. Use them for many, many years. And when I heard Pastor Anthony one time testified that some of them, if not all of them, were in his Sunday school. I was like, wow. And see, that's the way God does things. And I believe within the sound of my, within my heart that there's people in the sound of my voice that God is speaking to you even now. Even now. So we're going to open up these altars.